Welcome to another episode of Superhero Discussions. My name is Travis Hines, Travis underscore 156 on Twitter. And today I'm going to talk about Spider-Man the Animated Series Season 2. And with me today is Greg, the Bat Daddy 52. Greg, thanks for joining me again. Oh man, thanks for having me back. It's super exciting. I know you and I are up and at it early in the morning like it's a 9 to 5 job we're doing right now. So, start of the day. Yeah, Spider-Man uh, sleeps for no one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, especially, like, I'm super excited to talk about this season because it really picked up, in my opinion, from season one. Like, it just ca- carried the ball and got into even deeper storylines in the Spider-Man mythos, and uh, I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah. Well, this one was a little easier because uh, while it did introduce new characters in the season, everybody that she saw wasn't new. So they already had an established, uh, you know, universe of people that you already knew and didn't need backgrounds for and uh you know stuff like that so it made it a lot different than season one i don't really know if i'd say it was better i like them both really really good so it's i I couldn't tell you which one i like better out of this just season one or season two because it's all just really enjoyable yeah it's just just nostalgia is so great for both seasons for me i I couldn't pick either, to be honest with you, because there's so many classic good episodes in the first season, but this season does so much in terms of story and overall story throughout the whole, like, the whole season, and also the crossover that we get that I can't wait to talk about. Uh, One big thing, too, for me was, like, Neogenics and the Neogenic Recombinator was a huge, like, story for some parts of this. Uh... And that was only touched on in the first season. It was like in, I think it was Scorpion's uh, origin story. Mm-hmm. They used that to make him. And you see it all the time in the intro as the spider goes down into the, like, into the machine as it's sh- shooting off its ray, uh, ray, I'll call it. And uh, the spider, that's how the spider gets the powers and it fix Peter. So you always see it, but it wasn't really talked about that much in the uh, first season, just a couple times, a couple episodes. So here, I think it plays an even bigger role with like the creation of Morbius, uh, using it for the Tablet of Time. There's so many things. So, and the Man Spider. So it's, uh, I like that they sprinkle that a little bit more in this season. Yeah, it's it's this series Infinity Stone. It's what everybody yeah. wants. It's it's the big the big thing that that you know make that that's driving everybody to get it for what they need it to do it for. Or, <clears throat> excuse me, early morning. <clears throat> um, what they need it for. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I thought that was pretty cool too. It's actually a good storytelling if you're gonna break it down into seasons because they they set you up for it last season, and then they it, it finishes out this season. And it's funny because the majority of this season the uh, the titles are under the moniker of the Neogenic Nightmare chapter whatever, and then there are a few that aren't. So it's setting up for the next season after you've kind of gotten to a into the neogenic nightmare chapter so it's pretty cool how they do that um it's very similar to comic books how they have a story well steve ditko is the writer of a lot of these episodes Mm. Uh, so there you go that's just one example i'm sure there are other comic book artists that are comic book writers that are uh writing on this as well so it's easy to take cues from that and i enjoy that that's the stuff that i love about the shows when they like with young justice for example you, like, you get a long overarching story that gets touched on in multiple episodes yeah well you know if you actually uh, go to wikipedia on this series it'll show you on just about every episode 
uh, what what comic book and the number it's based on. So almost, yeah, so every one of these is based off a, a book you can go read, which is pretty cool. And this was a big thing for me back when I was young. Uh, I this is what got me into this genre, this and the Batman show and Ninja Turtles. But this was a huge thing for me. I love this show. And I actually read some Spider-Man comics from just this. So yeah. uh, this was a really good starting point, in my opinion. Right. And we're going to do top our top five episodes again. That's what we did last time. Uh, and I'm just going to jump right in and start off with my number five, Greg. Uh, Enter the Punisher and Duel of the Hunters. Okay. Uh, I absolutely loved this. Like This was my first exposure to punisher and i just thought he was so cool to be honest with you i half wanted him to win i know he was haunting peter but uh i love it uh morbius is uh, he peter's accused of kidnapping morbius while spider-man is and he's getting hunted from punisher and punisher has so many cool and badass weapons and his van i love this van so this was just when i was watching this again it was just Nostalgia was coming back so hard. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they did such a crazy job with Punisher on this one. Just the way he talks and uh, his, his his attitude, and uh, it's I don't know. It's definitely uh, somebody has to be acting that. You, there, there's nobody that can actually act that or be that way in real life. It seems like, but uh, they do a good job with him. You're right. I did love the van. Um, I loved his weapons. It was so crazy how no matter where he's at, that weapon, that van can shoot that weapon up to him. <laughs> you know. and he used to talk yeah. to it all the time and I love that it was yeah. like, van do this and it would automatically do it you're like okay <laughs> that is pretty cool man I would love to have a van like that but yeah I enjoyed uh, I, I enjoyed these episodes and yeah I kind of bumped those together as one uh, myself but uh, for me number five I got a bunch together the uh, Blade the Vampire Hunter and the Immortal Vampire um, I, I really like this because I enjoy Blade as a character and I really enjoy Morbius as a character and I'm really interested to see what they do with Morbius um, next year. Is it next year that the movie's coming out? I think it's this year, maybe 2020. Okay, that'd be cool. Uh, I mean, especially with Jared Leto playing him, because I think just looking at the character they've drawn on the screen, like in, in this animated series, I can see Jared Leto looking that part. May, I mean, not not obviously not like as ripped and as big because that guy's. I was gonna say. Like a super, <laughs> this guy's I mean, <laughs> j- j- just as far as, but everybody in this show is like everybody in this show is intensely jacked, and the only person who works out is Eddie Brock. So. Um, yeah, that's the one big thing is that. Well, we don't see this guy work uh, work out, but he is pretty jacked. Like it's it's there's no need of it. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. I think that Jared Leto can play that role pretty well, at least look that part. So, and I think he's a good actor. I like his stuff. So, interested to see where they go with that. But um, Blade, also, I'm interested to see where they go with Blade because uh, that's coming out soon too. Is, is that this year or next year? Uh, I don't know, Greg. That's something that I didn't even think about when, uh, jeez, uh, when we were when I was writing this down because I had this down too. Yeah, it, I, it, it's. It's a different number for me. I I'm gonna look that up right quick, actually. Okay. Is it Disney Plus? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess it would. Be yeah, I Disney don't think Plus. they act, they didn't announce it. They didn't announce a time for it. They just announced Blade. 
Okay, and the actor. I can't remember what the guy's name is. I know, I know who thing, he is, but I can't remember his name. That's one thing that really is kind of irking me on a complete side note is Disney Plus and their Marvel shows and the new content. Like, now that Mandalorian's done, there's not anything until the Clone Wars, but there's nothing. Marvel's not bringing anything to the table here for a little while. Uh, start. I'm kind of thinking about giving up the service, to be honest with you. The Disney Plus? Yeah. Uh, it's free for me, so I might oh, as well yeah, use that's, it for the year. I enjoy it. Oh, I enjoy it. I just, like, after I watch all the Star Wars again, I don't know. I might keep it for Clone Wars, though. You so. don't know what else you need it for. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'll probably keep it for Clone Wars, but I would just, like, I wish one of the Marvel shows were starting already. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, one thing that irritated me about uh, the, the but the Disney is their their navigation system, like for this show especially, um, or I guess their interface you would call it for this show, because <clears throat> like it it breaks down everything down to one season, or at least it did for me. So like I had to go online and look up the number of episodes to find um, what episodes were in season two. You know, because it didn't have it broken down by season and episode. It was just one long list of all the episodes. Yeah, uh, that, that's like some of the way their labels their or they've been labeling their episodes has been pretty foolish. Like with another show, Brent and them did a review of two episodes, and that wasn't they weren't until the like, I want to say like the seventh and eighth episodes of the season. But Disney yeah. Plus had them as the first two. Yeah, which it, it was really foolish because all of the episodes at like those first five episodes before that two parter were all like lead, like character building for each member of the Avengers, and they they put the the two part like that led after all the building and they got together it led up to that two part. Yeah, and instead they showed the two part and then went on with the each individual character story that was leading them into the two-parter so it was right. kind of done backwards it made no sense yeah yeah i i get that man it did that's the only kind of complaint i have about disney plus i would guess but i i mean other than that that's I, just, I enjoy that's it, just but, minor yeah yeah uh, morbius is coming out july 31st of this year nice yeah, yeah. Uh, i'll be excited to see that. that's going to be huge for sony's uh universe or not this i think this is going to be well, that's not Disney then, if it's Sony's universe. No, it's Sony uh, has it right now. I uh, think it's okay. going to be the same universe as Venom, but hmm. uh, I, I don't know what's going to go on with that. If this bombs, then I could see Sony selling Spider-Man rights to to Disney. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to yeah, I mean, I mean that that's <laughs> that's the easy way out, man. I think we both know somebody that's there, like, please fail, please go back to Disney. Yeah. Or go back to Marvel. It'd be interesting, man, for them to have all those toys. But, oh yeah, I, I I'm not against that. We just chased a squirrel. So. Yeah, I know, big time. <laughs> big time chasing squirrels. Uh, anyway, Blade the Vampire Hunter and Immortal Vampire. Um, yeah. For me, though, like I said, I love love Blade and I love Morbius, so I'm interested to see their two movies. Looking forward. Um, this is a really fun story. The way they portray Blade is kind of weird because I guess for me, I remember more of the movie Blade than I do these episodes Blade from when I was younger. I don't know why. So it's a it's kind of different how they play because they play him to be kind of dumb, like the way he talks and like the his reactions to things. It's like really dude you, you didn't realize that or you didn't know that and i can't think of anything specifically i guess i should look at the notes but um i can't think of anything specifically 
but his his just his actions like just make him seem like they're playing him off to be really dumb. And he didn't seem that way, at least in the movies or in the comics that I've read him in. So, but other than that, love that. Love the episode. Um, fun watch. This whole show's Bl- fun watch. Blade's bike was really cool as well. Yeah. Like yeah. when he drove up the side of the building, I was like, holy crap. I, this is, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't know how I felt about the blade, the actual electronic blade that he had. But, it was weird. It was kind of, well. It was that's to say that's in this show, right? Is they're trying to get it's right. got to be for kids. The same right. thing they did with all the. Uh, I thought like the, the police were there in some, multiple episodes, like shooting laser guns. I'm like, <laughs> who insane. funds the budget for these like yeah. these, this police station because they're shooting <laughs> lasers. Yeah, and what's the, they're lasers that destroy buildings and uh, like helicopters or cars or whatever when they hit a person, it just knocks them over. Stuns and knock, knocks the wind out of them. So. Their phasers were set to stun, Greg. It, yeah, it's <laughs> it's so fun to watch. It's so funny now that I'm older watching it. And I guess when I was younger, I never picked up on that. But it's just so fun to watch now. It doesn't take me out of it at all because I laugh at it now. But uh, yeah, that is funny. I want to know who funds that police force. So that's number five for me, man. I'm gonna uh, mash those two together. So my number four <laughs> would be. Shriek of the Vulture and The Final Nightmare. Okay. I really, really enjoyed these episodes. First of all, the first one to see the Vulture. Uh, I, I loved him. I thought he was a fantastic villain, how he would steal like the youth out of people and be young just for a small period of time. And this is a really cool way they used to get the uh, sick- sickness, we'll say, out of uh, Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was a fantastic idea. I also enjoy the, like the final nightmare part where like buddy is trying to become uh, young again. And like the old man and have it backfires on him is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it it's, they, they do a lot of really crazy things in this show as far as, uh, cosmic stuff and like uh you know mutations i guess i guess that's kind of the point of this this uh this whole series is the mutations part and um it, it's cool because at the very end they have this mutation but it's in a different kind of way you know it's it's not the same kind of thing of like getting a virus and and, and getting these powers it's basically uh just these people getting younger which i guess in a way is kind of a mutation but it's different than you know i don't know it's cool how they can portray a different different aspect or different ways of doing that yeah, and like the scorpions being thrown into this as well, trying to start a normal life. Uh, right. I, I thought that was really cool. Uh, we know how long that really at last, but I, I just, I just enjoyed a mashup of multiple villains that this show provides, and I thought that these two episodes were a pretty solid ending to the season. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love the. Uh, I mean, it's a great way to go. Number four, it's the top, you know, there's funny because we always group these together and we always put like two or three into a group and there's like 14 episodes. So if we're doing top five, we almost include every episode that's in there. Yeah, it's a pretty genius way to get them all in there. Yeah, so I'm thinking. But uh, all right, number four for me uh, is probably, I'm going to group number the first and second episode together. Uh, The Insidious Six and the Battle of the Insidious Six. Uh, I love team ups. 
even if it's you know for bad guys i love seeing a bunch of different characters on film at one time or on the screen at one time and this is a great way to do it and it almost seems like uh episode one and two is kind of wrapping up season one um and setting you up for season two because they start like they felt like they started to set you up for season two with the uh, uh neogenic recombinator did i say that right yeah, you got it. Nailed it. Right. Awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think they were setting that up for season two, but they also didn't kind of wrap things up. They did kind of wrap things up, but they opened up a little bit in the episode one or two with the Insidious Six and the Battle of because they're introducing all these characters back into it, all these villains that he's taken care of in season one uh, and bringing them together. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just love the way they did that. Uh, it seemed like. One and two was the wrap up of season one, and they walk you right into everything they're doing with the Neogenic Nightmare for episode or season two. So a great way to start the season off. I couldn't agree more, Greg. Like the fact that he was losing his powers too added another element to it. Um, yeah. I, although I did young me, I can remember young me wanting him to have his powers to, and see if he <laughs> could uh, defeat all his villains at one time after right. defeating them all individually in the first season. And that was, a, like you said, that was a good thing to start. That's a good way to start off the season, basically wrapping up the first season's worth of villains in one shot and going on to something new. Uh, Aunt May being taken, kidnapped, that was a whole thing, too, that I couldn't believe they would. As a young kid, I remember not believing they could do that. I didn't. I was like, wow, I didn't think that bad guys would do that, like take that old lady. Yeah. And it was it's just a thing you think you you're reminded of when you watch those episodes it, it almost makes it seem a little darker for a cartoon <laughs> you know yeah. um but uh i also liked um that this is an episode where peter actually gets unmasked you know by, by all his his uh his the villains because he's caught and he's captured and <laughs> they make it so he it's so unbelievable that peter parker is spider-man that they just don't believe it Especially him not having his powers helped him. Right, exactly. We played right into it. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. That's a creative way to do that. Like, I guess it would be like if somebody looked at me, they'd never ever believe that I was a superhero. So it'd be the perfect identity to walk around and, you know, as me. I don't know. That beard beard's pretty heroly, Greg. <laughs> That's true. I get a lot of strength from it. So. I wouldn't. I would miss <laughs> with that. Uh, uh, Steve Ditko wrote this episode to the first part of the two-part episode okay just a live time spider-man right it was just that was a cool thing to see uh that's i it wraps up all his villains like i said and you just move on and it's just more of the kingpin being kingpin mm -hmm. and that's one thing i just want to touch on we don't see him a, a big lot in this season sometimes but i just love his presence throughout this whole series it's always fantastic when you get to see him I, I always loved him as a villain yeah. i thought he was so cool <laughs> well he you know they, they set him up he's just like like i like lex luthor of this this universe uh you know he's very comparable to as far as just how he controls things and he's always in the background running something all there's something whatever's going on he has some kind of tie to it in this season and you're right we don't see him very much but the times we do see him are pretty cool so. Yeah, the, just to see, like, just to think too, like all those villains are like doing his bidding. Like, wow, that must, like he must be the big bear. 
Yeah. Well, there's a lot of double crossing in this season, like with a lot of people, like a lot of people try to trick a lot of people and a lot of people are double crossing people. And it's just like, wow, pick a side. There's no honor <laughs> among thieves. No, that's true. That's true. That is, that is definitely uh, shown in this season. But, but yeah, man, that was number uh, four for me. So how about you? Ed? Well, well, you've you're hit three. my number three and your number five. Because mm. my number three is Blade the Vampire Hunter and okay. the Immortal Vampire. I loved Blade. I thought this was so cool. We touched on pretty much everything. Uh, there isn't much else to be said about it. It's just I love new characters and Spider-Man interacting with them. This, that's why this is so high for me. Uh, just to see him interact with another hero. Or well, or I guess are we calling Blade anti-hero? What are we calling him? Hero, uh, I, I mean, don't think we can call him anti-hero, can we? Just because he's just a little contrary, we can't call him anti-hero. That's true. Yeah, you'd have to like I'll give Venom kill people or like bro, like stole stuff or whatever. Like he he was evil for a time, so I guess we can call him anti-hero. But uh, if you've always done the right thing, pretty much. That's true. Hard, hard for me to call him anti-hero. I don't know. Wesley Snipes might come after me now, but. <laughs> <laughs> In, in this show, anybody will say he's just a hero. And I just love Spider-Man interacting with heroes and other characters. Uh, it's why this is so high on my top five. Yeah, even uh, Whistler in this one was pretty cool. They, they portrayed that. And it, it's it's almost like uh, they they treat it almost like a, a pet. Like I said, they, they really kind of downplay uh, Blade's intelligence in this series, I think. And it's almost like Blade is Whistler's pet. Yeah, you're you're not wrong, or is like his stray or something because mm-hmm. he cares for him. So, I, uh, even Pitt obviously doesn't mean that you don't care for him, but uh, I feel like he's teach teach tries to teach him, mm-hmm. or maybe that's what they're showing him there more him him teaching him or trying to teach him. But you are right, they do like they don't, they don't give Blade as much credit. I think he's more. I think he there there's a better job done with him in the future when he comes when he returns again. Yeah. And that's the one thing you don't know. I remember not knowing when you watched this this season is when he interacted with these other heroes and other characters like the Punisher and Blade. You're like, I don't know if we'll ever see these characters again. Little do we, we know we will get them again. But uh, watching it back then, I was just so blown away. And remember like watching the next episodes thinking like, oh, my God, are any of those, those people going to come back kind of thing? And just to continually wait sometimes it was kind of rough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was back whenever you didn't have the on demand either. Like, uh, you know, it was you recorded on TV with your with your VHS. You recorded over something or you just didn't get to see it again until it came back on. You're right. And <laughs> to think but these are two parters. We're including like the two parters in each of our episodes. But I remember having to wait for each part to come out. So like it was uh, just the roughness of kids. Like it's not like Batman 66 where you knew like we're like tune in next that time same bat channel you're like okay batman will get out of this no big deal here you had no idea how the part two of the episode was going to go yeah yeah and then then you couldn't do anything but wait it was it was definitely i'm actually that's kind of the way i'm doing or i've been trying to not binge things because a lot of shows are coming out like that now where it's more a weekly series and it's the way arrow and flash and everybody does everything and it does i think uh nathan you know are uh with us on uh Super Civil Servants podcast. He um he was telling me the other day that uh he and that's what he enjoys the most about a lot of that stuff is being able to watch and then 
have time to reflect on what he watched and not have to go walk straight into the next, uh, you know, the next episode. And while binging is fun with some things, I kind of agree with him on that. It, it's, it's cool to be able to, cause we did the, the Watchmen, um, uh, show last week and I had to binge a lot of that cause I was way behind. And after talking to them, I want to go back and watch each episode and stop and think about it. And cause there's a lot of stuff that I did miss. Uh, but, I think I think it's it's awesome sometimes to be able to do that. I don't know. It's certain shows I want to just go ahead and binge, but some shows I need to sit down and watch, and you can catch a lot of different stuff in. Um, I agree. I, I like doing it doing it that way too, the weekly. To be honest with you, but uh, what frustrates me about especially Netflix when they're dropped is you can't you got to watch out. I'm a big proponent of if you get if you get spoiled, it's your own fault. Like we, like I know I see we see people like Brent and them say like. Don't tweet spoilers. Like, don't if you if you can't if you can't stay off Twitter for 12, 14, 24, like two days, three days, uh, to go see a movie or something. Like, whoop de doo. But a series, like a whole season of something, like Witcher, for example, you you almost couldn't go online for a week after Witcher dropped because people were spoiling it like crazy. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna have to do that. Or I'm gonna to have to binge watch it all and go back on. Right. So I understand exactly what Nathan's saying there, and you're saying this. Uh, that would be my preferred way to watch it weekly, or even if that happens, just when it's dropped on Netflix, watch one episode, take a day, watch it. But you are gonna get spoiled in that case most of the time if you continue to do what you do on a day-to-day basis, because when Netflix drops it, I, I don't even understand sometimes. Like they, they dropped Witcher. And within five hours, people were tweeting out stuff about finale, and I'm like, How, <laughs> yeah. "It's just too long. How are you? No, that doesn't make you didn't watch the first two episodes or something. Like you skipped ahead so you could tweet about the finale before anyone else. That's like, probably this, what it was. Yeah. Just impossible. Like there's there's no way. <laughs> that's good. I continue to tell something. Like there's too many hours of it. So that's something I really look forward to watching too. As another complete side note. <laughs> oh yeah, and we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do that on the other show. So. You know, hop on with us. Oh, you know I am. But um, yeah, oh, we just chasing that squirrel. <laughs> oh yeah, we're chasing a yeah. big time. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I forget what we were even at, man. Uh, we're on, we, my number three was Blade the Vampire Hunter and the Mortal Vampire. Okay. Uh, okay, cool. I'll go to my number three is uh, gonna be Enter the Pun. I'm gonna do two here: Enter the Punisher and Duel of the Hunters. Um, Enjoyed these episodes. I know you had it a little higher, or you know, no, we, we, we flipped our three and fives. Okay, yeah. So there we go. Um, they're both included. It's like I said, we're covering almost every episode in this one. We group them together anyway. Um, but uh, love this episode, Matt. These episodes. Um, like I said, I love the character Morbius. I'm interested to see where they go with this, and I love that they had. Uh, I'm sorry, this came right after the Morbius was entered into the uh, equation. Wait, I lost my notes here. Um, but, um, I really like, uh, that they brought in, um, Punisher with this one. And like you were talking about before, the, the van is really, really cool. Um, you know, it's, it's really funny. Some of the weapons that he uses, I took, wrote down some notes here that, uh, it's funny that he shoots missiles sometimes in the, in, in the city and nothing explodes. Because like there, there was one scene wherever he's he's going after Spider Man and Enter the Punisher, and he um he uh is going lethal for the first time, and he pulls out the rocket launcher, and you know 
the chips in his ear and he's like, ah, that's lethal and this and that. And he doesn't care. And Spider-Man's hanging from a helicopter <laughs> and he shoots and Spider-Man, they're below the, like the, 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 the top of the buildings. So they're lower than that. And he shoots and he hits the web that, that Spider-Man's hanging on, which is funny that he can do that because anybody shooting that little laser gun they have in this show can't hit anything. <laughs> but he shoots and hits that web, and then the missile disappears and doesn't explode anything. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy. That's something I would have never noticed as a kid. But as an adult, I'm watching this, and I'm like, wow, that's insane that happened. But it's one of those things that's so corny. It's funny, you know? It's just ways they have to get around the the rating for it being a kid's show. But uh, like I said, I would always laugh at that stuff, too, when you watch it over again. It's like, come on, the rocket got to explode somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I thought it was funny, too, in this one, how um, there, there is the scene where Morbius is up on the roof and everybody's like they have cameramen down. There's helicopters in the sky and they're shining lights. And it's obvious that this is not Spider-Man. It's a guy with black hair, a trench coat and boots on, you know, and he's standing on the side of a ledge, not web slinging. But for some reason, everybody's saying that must be Spider-Man. He's the only person that can scale a wall like that. And I'm sitting here watching, and I'm like, how can you possibly mistake that for Spider-Man? You know, a guy in a red blue suit. But I thought that was funny. It's one of those things like I said, so corny, you know, you got to laugh at it. Um, Not only it was, that, Greg, uh, he's the only one that could scale a wall like that. Um, <laughs> right. Scorpion, Dr. Octopus, uh, how many other people we see have encountered so far that could do that? Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, it's, boy. It's so funny, man. Like I love the way they do these. Um, I th- I thought it was cool that uh, Punisher had his little jetpack. I like his jetpack. Um, he was pretty good with it. It makes him kind of Boba Fett Batmanish. Yeah, yeah. No, I I just his all his swag was amazing. Uh, also I like Craven coming back into this and mm. basically trying to fight Punisher, and that was awesome. Like to change from the last time we seen Craven to this time. Uh, he was an anti-hero then, I guess, uh, for this show. <laughs> yeah. And I was rooting for him. And just bravo for the way they uh, threw that in there and just added another layer, brought another character back. That's what this season was basically about. Boat was taking a lot of what happened in season one and building on it. Yeah. I, I always thought it's funny. There's a, there's a scene on here with... Um... I mean, we've obviously kind of uh, missed the big part. This is the uh, episode where um, Spider-Man goes full six-arm. Man Spider. Yeah. Well, this is the six-arm. I was just about to ask you about that, actually. So, but yeah, I was. Yeah, six-arm Spider looked pretty cool. You know, the only problem is, you know, he's giving it away. Obviously, everybody knows he's a he's a white guy now because you know he's got the arms. Yeah, that was always so weird, right? mm Mm-hmm. So it definitely narrows down your search of who Spider-Man could be. Well, after, not only that, uh, after that, when he, I loved the, I, I really enjoyed the six iron Spider-Man. Yeah. But the man spider is what really freaked me out, to be honest with you, as a kid. Yeah. It scared the, the bejeebies out of me. And especially at first when he didn't really remember who he was. Uh, it was just like, holy crap. What is going to happen with Spider-Man? You don't think you don't realize that he's a young kid, so you're just like, my favorite character. What happened to him? <laughs> right, and like, this is only the second season. Like, you don't yeah, know I know it's crazy. It's like you, it, 
I'm trying to think how old I was when this, 95, so I was eight yeah. watching this. And I'm thinking, like, no, Spider-Man! Yeah, it was November 11th, 95. And it's funny, this one is actually based on the comic book, uh, the, the Duel of Hunters, based on uh, Spider-Man 101, 102, and 129. Excuse me, the Amazing Spider-Man 101. 102 and 129 um so it's it's based like a, a collection of three different comics kind of put together which is pretty cool uh i thought it was funny that spider-man spits or excuse me man spider spits acid yeah like what was that about and 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 what's even funnier about the acid is it melts the metal on like a vehicle i think but then he shoots it at the punisher later and, and the punisher blocks it with a shield and then it just lays like it just puddles up on the brick so it doesn't melt brick but it melts metal wasn't really consistent on that, was it? <laughs> but, you know, it's like I said, this is one of the things I would never notice as a kid, but it's fun to rewatch, and I like seeing it. Um, let's see. It could, I like be, like, it could be like Rust, though, because Rust doesn't form on brick, but it does on steel. Let's, let's go with that. <laughs> there you go. That sounds, that sounds uh, you know, Spider-Man scientific enough to, to, to work. It just uh, might work. <laughs> yeah. I liked how... Um, whenever he got the serum, it was like an instant heal, you know? And it was pretty cool that uh, whenever he did heal up, they covered his face up because, you know, they were saying, you know, we should respect his wishes and this and that. That's pretty cool because, you know, I'm always one, you know, when I was younger and you see that, you're wondering, oh, no, he's going to be found, even though he's already had his identity revealed one time in this season. They didn't believe it. Um, But, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was really funny that um, Craven said that Punisher uses barbaric weapons, which by definition, wouldn't Craven's weapons be the barbaric ones and Punisher's be the advanced like technological ones? I don't know. I, I think do... he meant that like he's just barbaric for you. There's no skill involved in I got you. I got you. Weapons. But... Well whereas like throwing a spear and uh I'm trying to think what he throws some things that like Batman throws to make balls on a string. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what they're called. <laughs> balls on a string. Yeah, so. There you go. <laughs> uh, but, so I, I guess there is a bit, take a bit more skill to do that, but uh, Punisher would blow him away in about eight seconds, especially the Netflix version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was cool um, how the the Punisher has that tracker on Spider-Man's heel, like from the first episode that you you introduce you see him. Which is crazy that it never comes off his heel, especially after he transforms into Man Spider. The tracker's still on his heel. <laughs> so, and that's and some Punisher, technology there. That is some serious technology, yeah. And uh, why did I thought it was crazy whenever he transformed into Man Spider? How you, you've transformed into a point where you have extra arms, you're hairy, you've got the eyes, the face, the fangs, you shoot acid. But you're still using your man-made web slingers on the two hands that were your human hands. <laughs> I honestly, grow, uh, growing up, I honestly just didn't even think about it. I just assumed that he was shooting his own webs. Yeah, and, and honestly, that's what I'm saying. When I was a kid, younger, I never noticed that. Never, never at all. But I don't know. I'm looking for things like that now. But I, I just think it's funny. You know? Oh, it's hilarious, especially if you're actually going by canon. Wouldn't his like man spidery class crush the? Uh, the web slingers when he went to squat down a little bit to get on the shootout because <laughs> of pressure release. So yeah. if we're really poking holes in that, I, I'm with you on that one hundred percent. It really looks odd. Yeah. I guess it's hard to do that double tap when you got three claw fingers. All right. <laughs> tap, tap. 
but no, nah, man, uh, I love these episodes. You know, it's it's f- so funny because every time I talk about them, it sounds like I'm bashing them. I'm really not. Like, I think it's hilarious finding this stuff. I still yeah, we're love both this saying stuff. this. We're both saying this with smiles on our faces the right, entire time. Right. I, I can't even see Greg, but I can only assume because <laughs> that's exactly how I am. I'm smiling the entire time. We're just pointing out little things, but we can watch, I can watch any of these episodes and enjoy myself and have a good time. And that's a true testament to this series because, like I said, this came out in 95, and I would hold this for any – I was eight when I watched this. I would stack this up with anything – anything eight-year-olds watch in terms of uh, content for like cartoons and that for comic books yeah oh yeah and like i said i'm actually hopefully my daughter watched a few episodes of it she loves it hopefully i've got disney plus on every smart tv in the house um so hopefully she'll start watching it and i can re-enjoy it with her again because i know i'll go back and watch it again so oh man i definitely will anyway (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but i think we're down to what number two now. number two for me which you hit on your number four the Insidious Six and the Battle of the Insidious Six. Okay. I was just blown away when I saw this. Just quickly, I'll say that I just couldn't believe all six of his villains were teaming up. And like I said, that Kingpin had the power to control them and bring them all together. Uh, in the end, they all were in it for themselves. And that was half the reason that they couldn't beat spider-man if they all worked together they would easily take him down mm-hmm. is the moral of the story but he they just couldn't do it so i love that little uh lesson i guess in in this episode too and we already talked about it for your number four it was just it was just wow at the time it was a great way to end to start season but basically end off season one mm-hmm. yes 100 percent agree man um you know, great placement of this episode. Great way to walk back into it. You get to walk back into a season one with, or the next season with an awesome, you know, team up and, and action packed episode. Like I said, it feels like a finale to open the season up. Um, I can definitely see why you like this one a lot. And like I said, I love team ups. So having a lot of characters on screen is always fun, animated or not. Well, basically, it was the entire season one um, Rose Gallery all in one. Mm-hmm episode so yeah i don't think they introduced any new characters in this in that did they no so yeah i definitely definitely feel you there man uh my number two is just a single episode and um i I, just the number six morbius episode i said i really enjoy that character and that walks you into the punisher and the duel of hunters because they're kind of connected the same kind of way um but where Morbius sets you up for the Morbius storyline following Duel of the Hunters, and that that's kind of more the Blade-type storyline, it closes a chapter on the mutation part of the Spider-Man. Like, is it, like the, the Internet Punisher and Duel of the Hunters is more about Spider-Man's mutation, not so much Morbius. But Morbius is like the, the catalyst behind why at least one of these characters is here and this and that. And then... Um, Blade and the Immortal Vampire, they kind of wrap up the Morbius, which is set up right here before Duel of the End. Sorry, it'd be easier if I could show you what I'm looking at in, like in, a, in a line, but um, <laughs> it, it, it's cool how they use these episodes to set you up for something that's going to happen a few episodes later. Like, okay, we'll come back to this in a few episodes, but for right now, we're going to take care of this. And I like the Morbius uh, episode. I, um, I don't know if it was maybe something I would have said was one of my favorites when I was younger. But now I'm more interested in the character, and I'm interested to see what they do with him on the big screen. So maybe that's what kind of 
made me or drew me to this uh, episode more um, as I'm older. But uh, it had some pretty cool stuff in it, uh, other than Spider-Man kind of throwing a fit to get what he wants. I saw that, and I was like, uh, he kind of does that every once in a while in this show, just throws a fit. And then he quickly realizes that, you know, oh, that was wrong. Like, <laughs> it, it's crazy. Um, uh, it, it, I thought it's funny how uh, Morbius, Michael Morbius is stealing basically an entire laboratory from the school, and nobody knows about it. Like he's got all this, and this is supposed to be like NYU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got all this equipment and everything, and nobody knows about it. It's like, wow, that's crazy. He stole this Riogen or Diogenic Recombinator. Said it again, Um, and all this stuff. It's it's insane. Um, They they set up the Spider-Man feeling the pain in his ribs, you know, in this episode, uh, you know, to walk you into the next two with the Enter the Punisher and the the, uh, Duel the Hunters. and this is the one where he decides to take the serum after he sees what happened to Morbius. It re- really sets up things. He decides to take the serum that he got from, uh, what's the doctor's name? Uh, Mariah Croft. Mariah Croft, yeah. Craven's uh, girl. Yeah. Um, he decides to take that, and that's where he gets, you know, that's the oh, reaction. And so, um, but yeah, man, I, I really enjoyed this episode. Just as if I had to single out one single episode, and it's funny because I knew you and I were going to come down to the same thing for number one. <laughs> so, which is funny too because I gave an honorable mention which was just in one episode and it basically was half the reason was what you gave about them like using it in episodes stand alone <laughs> yeah. yeah that's crazy <laughs> uh, well do you want to uh, we both have the same number one I'm sure because well okay, yes. I'm assuming I'm going to give you my honorable mention of Hydro Man that episode okay. I really I just love this episode uh, I thought Hydro Man was such a cool uh, little villain, and like you said, it's it's a new villain after you end off the Insidious Six, and I thought he was pretty cool. I loved how he had a little backstory with Mary Jane, and I what I really love is they they go back to this well in season five to explain how Mary Jane comes back, and I couldn't believe that they like looking back on it now that you take something that you dropped in September 23rd, 95 and jump back into it, uh, October 24th, 1997. Yeah. And you don't touch on it any other time between then. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great callback. Yeah. Like fantastic. And that's why I got a little honorable mention for me. I really enjoyed the episode and it did. Another thing it did for me is showcase Peter's intelligence because his webs aren't working at first, but he gets a sample of Hydro Man, uh, jimmies up some, rigs up some sort of new webbing that is like contact cement, and it just impressed me as a really as a young kid, and it's still the writing impresses me now that they would do that for Peter, yeah. like just a fantastic little character build for Peter. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun episode, man. It's uh, it, it's cool you get to see that scene that's in the opening. Uh... The opening every time too, because they have the opening scene of uh, you know, they do the music for Spider-Man, and it's uh, it has the Hydro Man scene in there where he's raising the water out of the ground, which is a pretty cool looking scene. That'd be a pretty cool page to to look at, a little splash page. Um, but uh, yeah, I get it, Hydro Man, definitely in there. I can see that. Like I said every episode's got. I think we've mentioned between the two of us every single episode on this this season, except, so for, the two, except of- for the two. Yeah, the Tablet of Time and Ravages of Time didn't get, quite get a mention. 
I thought about putting those. That was, that was I did too. I just couldn't. Just couldn't. We just couldn't bring myself to put it on there compared to the rest <laughs> of them. I hear you. I hear you. Um, well, once again, then with you saying that, then I know we have the same too. So let's just go ahead and talk about the mutant agenda and the mutant uh, revenge. <laughs> wow, Greg. That's all I can say is wow because yeah. like seeing Spider-Man go to uh, Professor X and the X-Men about his mutation, uh, I was like, I, because I love the X-Men the animated series as well. Like, holy crap, X-Men is amazing. Uh, the probably the best theme song for any cartoon of all time. Uh, right up there with Batman the Animated Series Uh, just wow just to see him interact with all the X-Men and they were just like they were on the X-Men the Animated Series show so Mm -hmm. this was a crossover Uh, I was in glee for every second that we had of a crossover time yeah yeah because back then it was just something I never thought was possible like I didn't think it happened and, and taking two shows that I loved and combining them and it was so cool with the, with the music part you were talking about because I don't know if you noticed this, but in every scene you have where you have Spider-Man and uh, and and any of the X-Men, and they're they're talking together. If they're if it's just focused on the X-Men, they'll have the X-Men theme music playing behind them. And if it's just focused on Spider-Man, even if they're having a conversation, they'll have the Spider-Man music behind them. If there's a scene where they're both in there together, like you see Wolverine standing next to Spider-Man, and you can see them both in screen. And they're talking, and there's music playing. While Wolverine talks, even if he's only says something for like three or four seconds, it's the X-Men theme music playing behind him. And then, and when Spider-Man says something, it quickly switches to the Spider-Man theme music playing behind him. Like it's so well done, so crazy. Um, and I love that. Absolutely I love that. Couldn't agree more. That you know, that reminds me of when I'm like watching. I'll say, just for an example, uh, the first season of The Flash and arrow shows up and saves the flash when it flashes to when the arrows hit the guy and it flashed the arrow it cuts into his theme song and plays it for the rest of the time until he leaves off screen then it cues into the flash of theme song for like just very well done and for this kind of animated kid show to be like that level of sound is just like bravo like just for thinking that like you said just Every time the Wolverine or any of the X-Men around, you get their theme song. Anytime Spider-Man's there. And when they're fighting together, you get a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when they're running into action, like, oh, amazing. Yeah. So Sp- Spider-Man uh, basically breaks into uh, Professor Xavier's you know, school, whatever. And, uh, and he gets himself caught in the danger room. Okay, And, and the danger room is a Sentinel program going on. Right? So he's in there, and all the X-Men kind of collaborate around the danger room. They're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And Gambit's like, uh, you know, I was doing a Sentinel program in there. And um, they, they, they all charge in there to try to help Spider-Man, right, or to try to stop whatever's happening. I don't know if they're trying to help Spider-Man at that point, but they're trying to get in there to stop what's going on. And they're fighting, and they're kind of getting their butts kicked. And then while they're inside, Cyclops says it's Jean Grey. Jean Grey, Jean, go, go to the control room and turn the program off. And I was like, why wouldn't you do that before you ran in there and tried to fight, tried, tried to fight <laughs> exactly. him? Like, like, if he's in there, like, and you have the power to go to the control room and turn the program off, why why even leave the program on? <laughs> like, or, like, even a lesser form of thinking, why wouldn't you just leave one person up there to, like, 
when you go in to shut the program off, right. when they see you guys run in, rather than let's all run in, not touch anything, and then oh, go back and turn off the program. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so funny whenever I saw it, but um, yeah, I love the interactions between Spider-Man and the X-Men in this. Uh, you know, they focused more obviously on Wolverine because they tend to focus more on Wolverine and just about everything um, that has to do with X-Men. Um, they did a really good job of portraying, not portraying, but um, letting you know that the world has a lot of mutant hate. Mutants are not accepted, that this is not something that people want, you know, this and that. Um, you get your first Uncle Ben flashback. I think, is this the one where you, he, you see the actual, um, it's the death flashback, right? How he died? Yeah. Okay. I think this was this one, and I... Uh... I have, I have Uncle Ben flashback written in my notes, but I'm I probably yeah. This was one. This is the one. This is the one. The okay. the mutant agenda one. Yeah. Okay. And that's pretty cool. So for the first time, you get to see that. Um, it's cool. Uh, Spider Man. It shows you Spider Man's kind of power and how good he is because at the very beginning of the episode, he surprises kind of all the X Men and he tr- he is basically trapped by them. He's surrounded by them and he gets out. Um, you know, he somehow traps all of them with his webbing and is able to escape, which is crazy. That uh, that he can, you know, all the X Men, but I guess if you get him, caught him by surprise, and they weren't trying to hurt you. I and it was that. his show. And it was his show, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I love these episodes. Um, let's see, I'm trying to look at uh, some of my notes to see if there's something that I like the Beast and Spider Man band too. When they find out that they're both scientists, like mm-hmm. Beast is like, ooh, there's a scientific mind under that mask. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, all I was thinking was a classic Beast. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, uh, I love Beast's character. He's one of the underrated X-Men, in my opinion. Well, in the show, anyway. And I actually even like what Kelsey Grammer did with him. Uh, Yeah, I did too. But here, I just love how he and Spider-Man just, like, science the shit out of the problem. In a matter of, like, a minute. Well, Spider-Man really did. It's just that Beast said all oh, well stuff to do that. Yeah, Beast said, yeah. oh, no, Beast is like, Beast is basically uh, fact-checking for him. Like, right. like running, running the numbers in his head when Spider-Man gives the thing. And I'm just like, oh, this is, I love this. This is what I love about crossovers. Yeah. So there's one scene where uh, Peter's standing in line to go to that auditorium where I guess it's the, uh, the presentation for, for, uh, the mutant research or whatever. And he's talking to the one girl and the one girl's really, really throwing out some, I guess it, I guess it'd be kind of like racism against mutants. Yeah, pretty, Racist. pretty much. Yeah. So just really, really throwing out some hate stuff. And for some reason, Peter runs like, like a 10 year old, like is like, no, and runs away from stop. And like runs away from her. Yeah. That was really it, weird. And then it goes to the next scene and he's sitting down on the auditorium. And I was like, why did he run away from her? And he was in line to go see the to see, to see who he was looking at. And the next scene, he's in the in the actual theater. And I was like, hmm. I didn't know what that was about. I didn't know if maybe he was feeling bad or I don't know. Also, dropping they were dropping hints for that girl to to have powers. Even back then, I knew. Oh yeah. Like I'm like, come on, guys. Like, kind of a bit better than that. But one one thing I wanted to laugh about with you was they really didn't make Wolverine into the most intelligent when he no. jumped into the electric fence and almost died. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> come on. I, I can't get behind. Uh, I don't know. 
maybe Blade would make that decision from the way that you made Blade out, but yeah. from all the X-Men stuff, that was... Yeah, I know Wolverine jumping head first, but that really sells him a little short, in my opinion, to just dive into a force field. All right. Well, seeing Beast trapped there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's funny because, like, you look at the cage he was in, and it's obviously, like, blue glowing, some kind of electrical whatever, you know, shot coming through the, the, the poles that are there. And if you can't see that and see this, probably something you shouldn't touch, especially if you have metal bones. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, it's probably something you shouldn't touch. And you're right, he just jumps right up there. But, you know, story. That way Spider Man yeah. can save both of them, you know, earn both their trusts. And we um, get the Hobgoblin in here, too. Yes. Which Mark Hamill, uh, fantastic job there. Got to be touched down, too, that he he brings it for every voice job that he ever has done. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. He, he's definitely good at the voice jobs. <laughs> he gives a good voice job. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I but, had to really <laughs> that one, man. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I like the Hobgoblin in there, man. It was pretty cool because uh, he was kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes with with this. He's like a mercenary in this series, and I guess he is just in you know the entire universe in general, where he's just going wherever he's going to get paid next, or he's looking for opportunity, and he's getting he's get taking the best opportunity. And I think that's kind of where he gets to that point where uh, he sees Wolverine and Spider Man fighting. And that's, uh, I, I thought it was funny because, like, then he alerts, uh, what building are they at? They're going to um, Landon's building because he's the one that has, has the, the the boiling water. Which, by the way, it's cool that uh, it's like, what's the Roger Rabbit style death where you have this boiling liquid that you're going to be dangled over, that you're going to be dipped into to kill you. you know, very cartoonish, <laughs> which is pretty I cool. thought it was, to, wouldn't it take away their powers? Yeah, but I'm sure if you dropped anybody into a boiling anything of liquid, it would probably kill them. Well, it didn't, it didn't kill Landon. He uh, he it's kind true. of turned into a monster. Uh, but it would kill Wolverine because he would lose his healing factor and he would have adamantium in his bones and he would just sink die to the bottom and die. Of yeah, probably of pain. True. So you hopefully we wouldn't think of that as a kid, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, uh, but I, it did make them seem like you're right. It did make it seem the stakes as watching it made it seem like they would boil alive because if you're just trying to take away his powers, you would just leave it uh, just as regular liquid. You wouldn't heat it up and have it bubbling. <laughs> right. Like, you know, boiling. <laughs> <laughs> but, you would just be like, I will inject you with the the uh, serum to take away your mutation. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm going to boil you alive. So, yeah, you are right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought it was pretty cool. Like whenever he's the, they're because they're fighting outside of Landon's building, and uh, that's when Hobgoblin um, alerts him. He's like, "Hey, man, you've got an intruder. Look at what's going on outside." And he looks at his, his camera, and he's like, "Oh yeah, let's attack these guys right now!" And a rocket launcher, like a high tech <laughs> rocket launcher, just pulls up out of the roof right there in the corner where they just happen to be, right above them. You know, and I was like, "Who has a rocket launcher installed in their roof?" And I was like, man, this show is so. This show takes it to the extreme as far as fantasy goes. Or, uh, but I mean, you know, it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's, so funny. It, it, it's just anything, whatever the story needs. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it makes a hundred percent sense. It made me feel super old whenever Hobgoblin decided to steal the secret plan, and oh, he's yeah. going to steal the only copy of the secret plan, which is on this 
or the, the, the formula for um, steal all the data, excuse me, yeah. uh, steal all the data from uh, Landon about his, his uh, research. And there's only one copy of it, and it's on the computer that Landon has it on. And <laughs> and the Hobgoblin happens to have a CD for a CD-ROM. <laughs> and he puts it in and copies the data in three seconds, something like that, like really, really quickly, like all data copied. And then he puts his virus in, and I thought it was pretty cool how they had the 3D um, face of you know whoever he's talking to on the computer about what's going on like you you've copied all data and then he puts his little virus thing on there his computer virus it was pretty cool um yes, i thought so that was funny it made me feel this, this were, uh I, I could have made it feel worse because he could have used a floppy disk and yes. we, that would have made me feel even worse but i get exactly what you're saying there uh one thing i want to say is uh, the hobgoblin is the kind of character that would uh, steal your data and then leave a virus that laughs at you. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce yeah. Wayne is not that kind of character that would steal, break into your computer and leave emojis that laugh and cry. Yeah. So just want to put that out there in the grand scheme of things for the whole world. Just if any Titans writers ever happens to stumble across this, no way they would ever do it. But Bruce Wayne is not that kind of character. Hobgoblin is. There we go. Hmm. Interesting. Sounds like you have a. <laughs> sounds like you have a uh, some something else behind that. I'm a little <laughs> bitter about a certain part of a Titans episode, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Um, I thought it was funny on this episode how they uh, Spider-Man and Wolverine developed almost a friendship, and you can see Spider-Man calling Wolverine Wolfie. The whole yeah, episode. Love that. Just classic yeah. Spider-Man too, and you know mm-hmm. Wolverine hates it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> This, um, this, this was just groundbreaking, man. This was, at the time, I couldn't believe this was basically building up the Marvel animated universe and connecting it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, a group, great group of characters to connect. Um, and like I said, th- at this point in time, the, the uh, X-Men show was really popular. It was I think, right? It had been in, on for two years or a year. The X-Men was it in season two uh, years. Ninety yeah, ninety three. X Men came out. Okay. Two years so, after so, X Men Spider Man got on the scene. Right. So it it was it was gaining popularity and just combining these two was, you know, was a great idea. It was like Flash and Arrow. Put them in the same universe because you yeah, can have a lot of fun with that. It just works and yeah. it they just continued to expand like into two universes, just adding characters and uh I, I just kind of wish we got some other shows like a Blade show or a, a Punisher show, but you know, looking back on it, we would, you never get that then. <laughs> no, not then. You would now. In fact, yeah. you have now. But uh, but yeah, you you definitely now. Um, the creature at the end that Land turns into is kind of like Doomsday. Uh, you know, whatever they throw at him, the, the the more he takes, the stronger he gets and the bigger he gets. I thought that was yeah, like he absorbs energy. Yeah, that. That was that was a thing that you, you're just like, how can they beat him? And they uh, basically used their brains. <laughs> right. Well, it was cool because that's when you got to see all the X Men, you know, work together and use their powers on a different show. So, um, you know, I liked it. So I said I like the team up, and I love. I don't care what anybody says, man. When I look at X Men and I see live action, I want to see those costumes right there. We just saw on this animated series, that's the costumes I want for 
live action. I know Save here, look, brother. Save I know it'll here. look so crazy, silly, but you can make it work, man. I mean, you, 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 if they made Hawk and Dove, you know, look good on screen, you, you can make this work. You're gonna, it. you're gonna see it in Sidelight Note, but kind of the same. You're gonna see Suicide Squad really dive deep into the colorful, fun costumes, and I'm the same way. These X Men, this the way that. Uh, their suits are they're all individual but they all got that x on them and like you said i i just want that i don't want all black leather everybody having it or i'll just i know that back when they first came out they all had this like the first class style right uh, same uniforms but you can even show flashback of that but give us this this is the way to go Mm. Well, I think it all depends on. <clears throat> we're getting a little off track here, but I don't care. Um, it, it it all depends on where um, how they introduce these these uh, Marvel characters and the X Men into the MCU, because that's that's what's what's going to determine what their uniforms are going to be like. Because if I feel like if it's something they introduce where it they they've already been established and they just haven't been on screen, then you can do whatever you want to do. But if it's something where it's starting out, then you've almost got to have you know, uh, unless they completely change the origin stories for everybody and the way this started out, or they don't go X-Men at all and they just do individual mutants, I'm not sure. But I think it all depends on that, because I haven't heard anything about how they're introducing it or what the characters are going to be like. Have you? No, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Uh, I haven't even heard if they'll ever be dropped or referenced. Like, you, you normally... I can remember hearing... Uh, I can remember hearing back... I want to say maybe it was Ant-Man uh, hearing about first that there was going to be a Spider-Man like cameo where he you sees it on the walls walking, but it was in the end it was somebody explaining like we got a person who does this, person who does that, person who walks on walls. So mm-hmm. it was a little reference like that. So and I you had no idea I didn't have any idea it was coming. So same thing with here. I, I assume we're going to get a reference to mutants in one of the end credit or mid credit scenes sometime in future Marvel, because we haven't heard anything about a TV show or a movie that is coming out with them yet. So they're still keeping that close to the vest, but yeah. I can't, I got, I'll, I want to assume that they'll put them in the costumes, but I mean, they didn't have Zemo in his costume. So they have made changes. I, I, I just, I hope that they go full blown costumes for the X-Men. They learn, they listen to the perception for the people. Cause that was always one big criticism of the Fox X-Men was not wearing costumes at just all black leather. So I hope that they learn from that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, uh, I mean, no matter what they do, it's going to be fun. We're going to love it. So, well, they, uh, they work well. Like we just get them for two episodes here and you, I don't think there's a point in time where you don't enjoy the X-Men. Right. So it's they're just an easy property. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Especially when you got that that blue strike force that they have on there, man, with Storm and Rogue and Cyclops. And you know, I love the way they portray Cyclops in this one because he's just like the ultimate Boy Scout. And you know, he only has a couple lines, but you know, he he walks out of the the, the Blackbird and he's like, oh, we came as soon as we saw the news. <laughs> he, he's there. He's there, Leonardo. <laughs> right. So we're here, guys. What do we need to do? And <laughs> just, he's uh, only there to be a Boy Scout and block Wolverine's game. Right. So <laughs> I love that. And uh, I love the way they say Rogue and Jubilee. Man, it was fun. Um, just overall, my favorite episodes of this this season. 
Uh, it has to be these. I could watch these over and over and over again. It makes me want to go watch the X-Men animated series, um, which I'll probably do at some point in time, but i got to catch up on Clone Wars. Yeah, same. i got to do that. Uh, <laughs> got to do that as well. Yeah. Uh, and full agreement, Greg. This was easily the best two-part episode of the season, and this started the Marvel Animated Universe, in my opinion, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one day we hear Kevin Foggy say that he learned a bit from this as to what to do with his own universe going forward, because I really think that this played a big factor in what the MCU is today. This whole yeah. Spider-Man universe. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. Not even just Spider-Man universe, man. Well, yeah, I guess just Spider-Man universe is most yeah. Spider-Man stuff, but there's a lot of things. I mean, for every movie you've seen that, uh, you know, they actually almost go across some of the same storylines that these episodes are. And included in the movie because they're just some of the best story arcs that are straight from the comics. And, uh, you know, you say what you want to about, you know, Tobey Maguire and, and is it, yeah, Tobey Maguire and the, the first Raimi Spider-Man stuff. But that first movie was groundbreaking. I loved the, the costumes and the uniforms or uh, Spider-Man's costume in that, um, uh, movie. And they followed some pretty accurate comic book stuff down to the T and they weren't afraid to go for the over the top campy kind of comic book. you look on some things where it almost, you know, is like an animated show where, you know, it's not really like that. I mean, come on, like, look at the way this looks. It's, it's, it looks like it's almost drawn and they kind of did that. So, you know, I, th- I think a lot of stuff is inspired from these early animated series because they took some of the best stories that were out at the time and, and they, they put them, you know, in motion and people loved it. I so. I agree. I think Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is heavily leaning out from this because he's cracking jokes all the time while yeah. he's fighting. The, the, that's one thing I found Toby didn't do as much of. He did some quips, but like Spider-Man's almost like a couple quips every five seconds kind of deal. Like he really annoys. He gets under his opponent's skin, agitates them. In my opinion, kind of like a a, ba- a basketball player or a hockey player, like just picking at and saying things that you know will tick off who you're going up against because mm. you know that will throw them off their game. And I, I found that this Spider-Man encompassed that big time. And this this was my Spider-Man. So loved yeah. it. Loved this episode and loved this season was great. Like continuation of, from season one, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so good. with that, Greg, I think that We've hit everything. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me yet again. Uh, can you tell the listeners where they can find you and your wonderful podcast at? No, definitely, man. Uh, you can find me at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter. That's really the only way to get a hold of me. But I'm pretty prompt about answering most people if I can. Uh, I also do another podcast. It is at Super or the Super Civil Servants Podcast. That's at SCS Podcast One. Where me and Travis and my boys Nathan and Chris and Katie and any kind of guests anytime just kind of get on and we do the same kind of thing that we're doing here. We pick a TV show, a movie, or we just talk about general news and we rant about it and give our thoughts. So if you want to hear us just kind of <laughs> talk, chase squirrels and talk about all kinds of different things that geeks like to talk about, check us out. It's been the most fun <laughs> I've had on any podcast I've ever been on is yeah. with you guys. Especially you never – I got to be honest, I never know – truly what lineup is going to be there until like you guys have some guests like got to go with the geek verse podcast guys as well uh this 
is it's just so much fun and you lose i lose track of time immediately yeah. when i'm with you guys and that's just a testament to how fun your podcast is oh thanks man i appreciate that it, it is a good time and that's that's kind of like what what we do um is just have a good time you know i told nathan and everybody else when we, me and nathan started it we were both just kind of the agreement that when it wasn't fun anymore we wouldn't do it but it's always just fun so and that's the point of it but yeah uh like i said just check us out and i think tomorrow night you're going to record with us right you are correct, sir. I am super excited, <laughs> and I can't wait. We're going to talk about what the outlook for 2020 is and what we liked about 2019, I think, yeah, plus some, some, some other things. Yeah, some Batman stuff, some news, all kinds of fun stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, well, cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for having me on. And like I said, if you want to get a hold of me, to check you know, check me on that show. Um, toss the mic back to you, man. Yes. Uh, thanks again, and... Over and out, guys. Hope you enjoy. All right. Have a good one. Cheers.